Hi! Welcome back to the In The Dome podcast. Today we are joined by a special guest. His name is Frank Krupe. He runs the Hockey Illuminati podcast. He's a pretty cool guy. He's from Toronto. So we connected with him a couple days ago and decided to team up for an episode previewing the Leafs and the Flames game. Got into some interesting discussions, including the Leafs season thus far. Uh, how he thinks Cal Dubas has done in his time there. Preview the game. Kind of tried to look at some parallels between the Leafs and the Flames season thus far. So it was a really, really fun discussion. Frank's got a really great podcast, again, called the Hockey Illuminati Interviews Players. He's had people like Mike Camilleri, Sarah Nurse, Renata Fast, Hal Gill. Lots of great interviews on there. So once you're done with this, go listen to that. Follow him on Instagram, Hockey Illuminati. Follow us on Instagram, In The Dome Pod. Follow us on Twitter, In The Dome Pod. We do lots of cool analysis, advanced stats on the Flames, stuff like that. So enjoy the episode. Hopefully we curse the Leafs tomorrow. Go Flames, go. Thanks, Frank, for coming on. We are joined by a pretty special guest. You may know him from Instagram as the Hockey Illuminati, which is like a pretty awesome name. Um, We're joined today by Torontonian Frank Krupe. How's it going, Frank? What's up, fellas? Pleasure to be here. Greetings from Toronto. I know we got a big game uh, with our clubs uh, upcoming uh, Thursday night this week. Um, so let's uh, let's let's tee it up. I'm happy to be here. Frank, just so you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but whenever the Leafs come into town, it's pretty much the same as the Habs. But the 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 Saddle Dome was pretty much half and half Leafs fans or Habs fans, and typically the away team fans are a little bit louder just because they're, they're there to represent. So it's always kind of like when when the Blue Jays were, were really rolling and everybody went down to Seattle, I mean, that was a, probably a little more extreme, but it's kind of a similar scenario where it's kind of like, oh, God, the Leafs are here. It's pretty brutal, to be honest. <laughs> we gotta... It's funny. I was going to bring that up right away. How does that make you guys feel as Flames fans? Because when we see that as Leafs fans, I, I just giggle and... And I know how much it pisses everyone off uh, in, in the other stadium. It's also like that in Ottawa as well. Um, Ottawa's even worse, actually. Buffalo, it's pretty bad. But yeah. um, how does that make you guys feel? I don't know. It drives me crazy, personally. Well, honestly, like it, it doesn't bother me so much because there's not really a rivalry with either team. Well, that's why it bugs me. <laughs> it bugs me because it's like, I don't know, you, if, you have never, if, if you guys have never been to the Sal Dome, it's like the dome is pretty quiet on its own, like generally outside of playoff time. And then it's like so loud. The Leafs fans are louder than the Flames fans. It drives me. It's more of a I'm ashamed of Flames fans than I am mad about the Leafs fans. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny you mention that. We don't really have much of a rivalry with Toronto and Calgary. In fact, we've never played each other in a seven-game playoff series. Yeah, that's crazy, hey? No way, hey. I think the biggest rivalry, it's not even really a, it's more of a, like, I think the only, like, place you could even start a rivalry is, like, we're mad at you guys for fleecing us in, like, two trades over the, two of the worst trades over the last 20 years of hockey history. Right, right. Another, another piece of the rivalry could be, uh, who did Matt Station have a better career with Toronto (laughs) Calgary? That's tough, right? Well, he scored that beauty playoff goal. I mean, the guy just retired, like, last week. I think the Flames did a tribute, but, you know, when you watch the video of him scoring a, what was it, was it series? He scored a series clinching goal in 2015. Against the Ducks. Against the Canucks. Sorry, against the Canucks. Yeah, yeah. so we, we kind of have a soft spot for Matt Stadion, but I mean, prior to that, he was like, 
everybody hated him. So I would say I would say he probably had a better career in Toronto, don't you think? I think so. He was he was pretty good for you guys. Did he have some twenty goal seasons, probably, right? Uh, I don't I don't know if he ever hit twenty. Oh, okay. Um, I don't I don't know if he'll ever get uh, his uh, statue bronzed outside the arena like <laughs> the other guys, but. Uh, he was he was okay. It was tough. Like when when Stadium was with Toronto, that was uh, those were some pretty dark pretty dark times for for Leaf Nation and and everyone kind of stunk. So yeah, um, he, he got painted with a bit of a bad brush as as a Leaf, uh, as did a lot of guys. But you know what? Anytime you play that long in the NHL, like he did, yeah, he was obviously very valuable. Yep. Yeah, totally. But I mean, you guys got Dion Phaneuf out of the deal, so uh, lucky you, uh, lucky you. But we also gave you Mika Kiprasov, right? So <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, sorry, excuse me, not Kiprasov. No. Well, that was the rumor. This is sorry. This is just coming back to me. Remember, there was that the the year Kipper retired. Apparently, the Leafs tried hard to get him, and they almost had him. And the Flames were going to trade him, but Kiprasov, uh, like he he had a no trade clause, and he said he wouldn't go there. That's crazy. I'm just remembering okay. that now. Yeah, yeah, that that could. That could be that, that could be something. I, I start to think about that as well because I do. I, I just remember. totally remember that from that um, year. Yeah, and you know what? Speaking of goaltenders, I mean, you guys got a heck of a backup goaltender in Cam Talbot there. What would it take to uh, to make a trade in <laughs> Toronto? Um. Well, how about how about it starts with Willie Nylander? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's the deal there? So like. Is like obviously because you guys haven't won a game with your backup goalie yet. Is that correct, or has it been one? You, you are correct. We are the only team yeah. in the NHL, the only team that does not have a single win from our backup goaltender. That's nice. crazy. It so, is crazy. So um, is Hutchinson back up now? He is, right? He is, but for, for, for how long, we'll see. It's funny. I actually went to high school with Michael Hutchinson. Oh, wow. My brother Andre. I, I know him. I mean, it's been a long time since I've spoken with him. Um, but, you know, if I saw him on the street, we'd... We'd, we'd sit there and talk for a bit. I, I know Hutch. He was one of the weirdest kids I've ever met in my entire life back in high school. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's like most goalies, yeah, though, right? Yeah, he's a goalie. No, he was, he's more than most goalies. This, this guy <laughs> would only drink warm water because he was afraid cold water would affect his muscle recovery. <laughs> that's <laughs> amazing. Well, he maybe be, he should get drinking you know, some cold like, water. You, know, you have like five minutes in between classes in high school to get to your next class you know the bell would go you'd have to scamper off to wherever your next class is we'd be in the hallways going to our next class and, and Hutchinson would be bouncing the uh, the rubber ball off the wall for a few minutes get a couple extra reps in wow that's amazing what's yeah, his, why, why, why can't he get NHL, right? so has it has the backup goalie problem been more of a like it's a goalie problem or has it been the team in front of the backup goalie like they just can't play in front of somebody who's not Freddie Anderson you know what that's a great question that's a great question I I, I think that it's 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 a bit of both. Yeah. Um, I mean, anybody who's a, a diehard Leaf fan and, and been following this team knows that Frey Anderson has been saving our bacon for the last, you know, coming on four years now. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've said he's, when, when Freddie's on, when he's on his game, he is likely one of the, one of the top five goaltenders in the whole league when he's on. Yeah. Um, right now, the numbers he's posting, save percentage, wins, goals against, uh, the best he's ever had so far um, in, in a regular season in his entire career. Um, so he's at, he's at the height of his game right now, and he covers a lot of flaws uh, that this team has defensively and a lot of mistakes. Um, so that that is part of it as well. Just our, our starting goaltender is so good that he covers up for the team a little bit. But at, at the same time, um, 
you know, I hate to take the top guy about Mike Hutchinson. Like I said, he's my buddy from high school, kind of, but he's just he's on the he's a fringe NHL goaltender. He, yeah, he really should not be up with the big club right now at this point. Yeah, so just kind of maybe digging a little bit into that. Is that, do you think so? I, I'm fascinated by Kyle Dubas because I think everybody is. He's he's so young and he's got he's he's got a different uh, approach to the game than, than a lot of people. Is that kind of the narrative? Like, like why have the Leafs not got a backup goalie? Like, why did they let Curtis McElhinney go last year? Yeah, it, you know what? It started, it started with Dubas coming up the year after he won the Calder Cup. So the Leafs won the Calder Cup, yeah. the AHL Championship. Gareth Sparks was the starting goaltender. Right. And when Dubas came up, he brought a few guys up with him. Gareth Sparks was one of those guys. Um, Gareth Sparks was instrumental in helping the Marlies win that Calder Cup. And kind of as a reward for helping Dubas get the job, I mean, this is this is largely speculation, but a lot of people, you know, think there is some truth to it. Yeah. Um, Sparks was essentially handed the backup role by Dubas as a bit of a reward for um, winning the Calder Cup and, and in turn helping to promote Dubas into the Leafs GM role. And that obviously didn't work out. Sparks lasted a season, and they had McElhaney and let him go. That was a huge mistake. And they've kind of just ignored the, the backup goaltending spot for, for whatever reason. There was no emphasis placed on on, on keeping McElhaney on the roster a couple of years ago. He's a former Flame, too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah I think we drafted him, actually. That's right. Yep. Um, he walked, and, and now he's one of the best backups for Tampa, and they just haven't paid attention to the backup spot. It's a shame because you need, you got to get 20, 25 starts out of out of your backup goalie. If you look at all the teams that have won the Stanley Cup, I don't know what the stat is, maybe you guys know it off the top of your head, but there hasn't been a starting goalie that's, or there hasn't been a team that's won the Cup in X amount of years that had their starting goalie play more than 60 games in the regular season, something like that. Yeah, and I, I'm sure it's getting even more so that way because we've, we've seen the shift, right? Like, even the starting goalies are getting, like, maybe 55 starts a year. Yeah. So, yeah, it is a bit so, of an odd one. And it's sure? It is a bit of an odd, like, I, I'm, I'd be very curious to see what how Kyle Dubas, like, if he does address this throughout the year. You've got to think he's going to, right? Like, it can't go yeah. on like this. You know what? I, I, we'll, we'll see. I don't, think, I don't think the analytics can save him on this one. Yeah. Um, because the reality of the situation is no one's given up a backup goaltender right now. They are they are val- more valuable than, I guess, a lot of people thought, including Dubas thought. Um, there's just no market for them. And his hands will probably be tied until the end of, closer toward the end of the year, maybe once some teams are, are definitely out of playoff contention and they can afford to, to give up a backup goalie. Uh, my prediction is somebody will fleece Kyle Dubas for a backup goalie. He's been fleeced a few times in his uh, career as GM already, so we'll see. Okay, okay, that's a perfect segue. I'm curious to know. I mean, obviously, we're as as like big fans in, in Calgary, we're pretty critical with everything that Brad Tree Living does that doesn't work out, obviously. Um, but what's kind of been your overall evaluation of Dubas since he's taken the the reins there, um, and then? maybe speak from a personal what how you feel about that and then what would you say the sense of the fan base is uh i don't have a i mean there's good things and there's bad things to say with with kyle dubas um if you can find a way to make a trade and acquire matthew kachuk from you guys it'll make everything better (laughs) 
Like, what, what would you, before I get to your question, can we make that deal? Like, what would it take to get Kachuk? At this point, he's, he's like one of those untouchables. Well, yeah, like at this point, well, for me, like, just because there's so many intangibles he brings yeah. from a leadership component that it's like, this guy is going to be driving the bus for many years here. Well, the only way I could see, like, if we're realistically talking about, like, hey, if there was a trade to be made for, like, two superstar players, if I just look at the Leafs lineup, because you're not getting Tavares, you're not getting Matthews, so it's, what, Marner or Nylander? I think, like, personally, I not that I'm saying I would advocate for this, but it would probably be, maybe everybody thinks I'm crazy, but I would love to get Willie Nylander. For Matthew Kachuk? For Matthew, I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, if things didn't work out with Kachuk and Calgary, I, I wouldn't mind swapping Nylander Willie for Willie Nylander and Anderson for Riddick and Kachuk. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We'll take, I, we'll I, take I Anderson. You, I tell you, boys, there's, there's a lot of guys here, a lot of fans in Toronto that wouldn't have any problem making that trade. Willie Nylander, but we'll give, we'll give you Willie in a first for Kachuk if that makes you sign right now. How does that sound? I mean... I'm kind of into it because I'm a huge William Nylander fan, but it's still going to be pretty pretty hard-pressed. But, yeah, I would imagine Kachuk is a lifetime flame, right? Yeah, he's one of those guys that everybody's fallen in love with for obvious reasons. Um, but, I mean, you hear it time and time again, like he's going to be the next captain of this team. Yeah. Yeah. No, so it, it would be it would be crazy. The reason I bring up Chuck, obviously, he's he's got the grit, he's got the intensity, yeah. and, and he can put the puck in the net, and he, he plays with his heart on his sleeves. And um, we don't we don't have anyone even relatively close to the type of player that Kachuk is in Toronto. Um, that has been that has been a big criticism a big criticism of Kyle Dubas uh, since he came to Toronto and put this team together. If you look at us, you know, on the roster from A to Z. Um, the only guys that really have any type of grit, uh, tenacity to their game are Sandy Kapanen and Dermott. Oh yeah. Um, and that's not saying a whole lot. I mean, I, I love those guys, but, um, they're, they're nowhere near the level of type of player Kachuk is. And I think that's one thing that Toronto's missing. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, Dubas built a very skilled team, high speed, uh, you know, they want to run and gun a little bit, but. I don't know if that's the formula in in the playoffs, and we've seen that the last couple of years with Boston beating us up in the bar. Uh, the Blues win the win the cup last year with the type of team that they had. Um, that's been a major criticism of, of Dubis is that he's overlooked some of the other intangibles that it takes to to have a, have a good team. It's not all about speed and skill, um, and, and I think that that would be the biggest criticism of of Kyle Dubis, and, and it's. It's funny, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Lou Lamorello was our general manager, right? Yeah. It was only and what? he Like, this is only Dubas' is, is it his second year this year? This is his, technically his second year as he was, GM. Yeah, he was there as AGM for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was, he was, he's been in the Leafs organization for, you know, a few more years than that. He was kind of working under Lamorello and Shanahan. They were grooming him. Um, but... I mean, if you look at if you look at Dubis's body of work, I mean, what has he really done? Okay, I mean, he signed Tavares, but I mean, that was more so a case of Johnny T wanting to come home. Uh, you know, my grandmother probably could have been the GM and signed him. Um, he was coming here regardless of who the GM was. Um, he traded Padre for Barry and Kerfoot, and yeah, you know what? Barry looks a little bit better now with with Sheldon Keith. Um, you know, as our coach and the way he's being utilized, but 
Leafs are probably not winning the cup this year, and Barry is very likely not going to re-sign with Toronto. So he's going to be out the door, and then that trade is, you know, copy for Kerfoot. And what do you got in Kerfoot? I mean, he's a, he's a third-line player at, at best. Um, I wasn't a fan of that deal, getting rid of Kadri. He's one of the only guys with that talk that has that grit and tenacity that I was talking about earlier on the Leafs team. Yeah. Um, what else has he done? I mean, he, he overpaid Mitch Marner. Grossly overpaid Mitch Marner. Um, he got out negotiated in that in that deal. There's no doubt about that. Um, Mitch Marner is not worth 11 million dollars. Uh, I don't know how you can make a case that he is. What else has he done? I mean, the Willie Nealander contract looks okay right now, seven mil, and, and the contract will go, or the salary cap will go up a little bit. And, and Willie's been playing good this year, so that looks okay. But um, he, he never addressed the backup goalie situation. So, I mean, if you look at Dumas' overall body of work, um, I don't know, average? Yeah, very interesting. So, with, just right. to, from a Flames perspective, curious, because we almost we almost acquired Nazem Kadri. Um, did, right. did the return of TJ Brody and Mark, supposed, uh, this is what it was apparently, was uh, the trade was Nazem Kadri and I believe Connor Brown for TJ Brody and Mark Jankowski. Does that... Do much more for you than Tyson Berry and Alex Kerfoot? Yeah, Mark Jankowski, uh, he's not really doing much this year. I don't know. Uh, yeah. TJ Brody would have been a nice addition, I think, but uh, again. Um, not at the expense of Kadri, probably. No, it, not at the expense of Kadri. I mean, listen, this, yeah, he, he made some bonehead plays in back to back years. He was suspended in the playoffs against the Bruins, and that hurt us. That hurt us big time. But. The solution should not have been okay. That's you know you're out. You're, we're going to ship you out of town. The solution should have been to sit him down and and and, and have a discussion with him um, and, and and try to change his mentality a little bit. But I, again, that was one of the only guys that that played with a little bit of grit and and tenacity. There's a lot of lot of Leaf fans that that certainly miss him, um, especially looking at what the return looks like so far and and the type of year that. Cadre's having in, uh, in Colorado. Yeah, it's true. He is. He's yeah. doing well there so far, and I think that's that's a lot of the reasons why Brad Treliven wanted to acquire him as well. Yeah. Um, I'm, it, okay, this season has been pretty fascinating, and I know like Toronto it usually is the center of the hockey you know, universe, anyways. But even more so at the whole Mike Babcock fiasco. Um, all these years, a lot of parallels from from the season you guys have had in Toronto with the Calgary Flames. With the whole um, Bill Peters being, you know, kind of the protege of Mike Babcock, and then right. they both get fired within like you know a week and a half of each other. Uh, both teams going through slumps, and then when they get the new coach, there's a quick rebound. Um, what's been, what what's kind of what's it been like to be a, a Leafs fan throughout all this turmoil, the ups and downs? Uh, you know what, we're used to it. We've we've been dealing with turmoil since 1967. This is nothing. <laughs> um, uh, we're, well, these fans are essentially bulletproof to the BS at this point. We've, we've seen it all. Um, with with Babcock, uh, you know, anybody who knows hockey, anybody who's played the game of hockey um, and, and has been following this team knows that uh, his, his shelf life expired uh, last year. With the whole Austin was, Matthews deployment? I'm sorry? Like with the whole Austin Matthews deployment in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, and it even goes back two years ago. I mean, the same problems that Leaf fans were talking about at the end of last year's playoffs were essentially the same issues as two years ago. And right. um, I've, I've never felt that 
that Babcock's coaching style was, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly becoming outdated in general, um, but his coaching style, it was, it was good in the first couple of years. I mean, when the Leafs went through a real tough transition, they needed someone to kind of come in and be a hard ass and implement that, that culture. But um, as the years went on, I, I think the players tuned him out. Um, he, he lost the room a long time ago. It wasn't this year. It was, I mean, it was evident last year. One thing that, that the Leafs have, have had big problems with for the last two or three years is starting on time. I mean, they'd come out, and their first period, night after night, would be horrendous. Right. And they wouldn't keep things into gear until the last 10 minutes of the third period to be too late. And when you look at a team that can never start on time, ever, 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 I mean, what does that tell you? That's, that's preparation. That is, uh, you know, the message that's being delivered in the room directly before the game. Um, and it was just, it seemed like every night that was happening. So there are a lot of little signs in Toronto that, that Babs was was starting to lose the room, and uh, I jumped 25 feet in the air when I heard he was fired. <laughs> yeah, okay. That was kind of my next question. And then, obviously, you, you followed what happened over here. Obviously, Peters was let go for a different reason. Um, right. But it, it's... Once that happens, then there starts to be some other kind of things to come to light that just like maybe, you know, there was a similar situation where he lost the room as well. Um, uh, it's, it was a, it was just a fascinating, it was really fascinating to be a Flames fan through this. And obviously it's unprecedented. It never happened before. Yeah. Uh, league-wide. There's been a lot of crazy stuff in, happening in the NHL this year. And, and it's too bad because I feel like every time I turn on the radio or every time I turn on, TSN. This is this is what they're talking about. They're talking about the coaching carousel. They're talking about you know all these things that are happening away from the game. It's kind of a shame. It's it's taking the spotlight off of what we should actually be uh, enjoying and talking about, and, and that's the actual you know the game itself. Oh, one hundred percent. Yep. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the hockey and sports are one of those things where it's a nice break from all that kind of stuff. So it's <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. What now, a, Bill Peters was, you know, obviously before the uh, the uh, I guess we'll call it, um, news broke about what had happened with him in the past. I mean, he was kind of already one foot out the door, anyways, right? Well, if, you know what? Not really. Um, it no. sounds like okay. like when Brad Tree Living was pressed about it. He was pretty adamant that he wasn't going to make any moves. Um, that and Brad Tree Living went out of his way to acquire this guy in the first place. Um, right. He had some opportunities. There were some other coaches coming off contracts or about to be fired, like Bino, um, Trotz, and what's again Chicago, uh, Quinville. Quinville. So I mean, yeah. there were some pretty big names available, and he didn't even bother to interview anybody. He went right after Bill Peters. Um, and and but I remember. When the team was going through the big slump, they asked him straight up. I mean, and he made a, you know, addressed the media and said, "No, we're not making any changes. We're not bringing anybody else in. We're not moving the coach." Um, although, and then you know, we do lots of polls on Twitter too, and it seemed seemed like up to that point, you know, a lot of the fan base, and this is kind of how Calgary is. We're not we're a pretty loyal fan base for the most part. I think almost to our detriment, we're not really at, we're not really critical enough. Um, but it seems like everybody was still really behind both GM and coach leading up to leading up to the whole scandal. Um, and then obviously once the scandal broke, then it, obviously the tides changed. But um, I mean, we were talking about on our podcast maybe a couple of weeks before 
that potentially there was some some rift happening between him and the players just because we stunk. And it was like, we're trying to figure out how this team, you got guys like Johnny Gaudreau in 99 points last year, and he just looks looks awful on a nightly basis. Um, so we were in the, in the camp of like, get rid of him. Um, but I think we're in the minority. Right. It's interesting point you made on, on how in Calgary you're probably not critical enough of, of your flames. That's the complete opposite here in Toronto. Yeah. Canada, Canada has a reputation as being a very nice country. Yeah. Uh, everyone's very polite. That's because of you guys out west, not because of us here in Ontario. Right, okay. That's good to clarify. It is weird. It's like I, I wish there was more like critical nature. It's like people will like – I'll never forget, like, 20, I think it was, like, 2002 or something. I'm at a game. The team sucked all year, and they got a standing ovation in the last game of the season. Hadn't made the playoffs in, like, seven, eight, nine years. It was just, like, I I was, like, five years old, and I'm like, this is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So just uh, give us a little bit of, like, what's your take been since Sheldon Keefe's taken over? Like, um, what have you... if anything, what have you noticed has been the biggest difference? Because the Leafs, like right off the bat, the Leafs got it going there for a bit. But they, I mean, they're still on a bit of a roll here. But I know they've they, they had a tough game against Philly the other night. Uh, they had a tough yeah. game against the Avalanche. So, what is your overall kind of like takeaway been of Shell and Keefe so far? Yeah, well, there's certainly uh, some some small differences that the Leaf fans will be able to pick up on. Um, some line juggling that I think has paid off. Um, we're seeing guys like Matthews, Tavares, Marner getting more power play time. Um, I, I, I always, always wondered that. I mean, you see a team like the Washington Capitals, they leave PP1 out there the whole two minutes sometimes. Um, Pittsburgh does that too. The Leafs never did that ever. You never, ever saw that. Um, their fourth line has been playing under 10 minutes a, uh, a night, which is nice to see. Um, in the Babcock era, the Leafs would score a goal. And then they throw out Freddie the Goat and, and Patan to follow up. Um, yeah. and, and you're just not seeing that anymore. So the, the fourth line is, is not getting as much ice time. Um, Matthews is starting to score on the road. Uh, I think before Babcock got fired, he only had one road goal. And he's, he's on a bit of a hot streak right now on this Leafs road trip. Uh, goals in a couple straight games. Um it's been a weird season though for the Leafs because we've been dealing with a lot of injuries and also a weird schedule. We've played more back-to-back games than any other team in the NHL. I don't know who the heck designed our schedule, but they must they must not be Leafs fans. We've been complaining about this all season. How ridiculous the schedule seems to be ridiculous. No matter like it's so bad. Like it's been bad for us too. It's been like so weird. Has it? Yeah, we had a really brutal schedule in the first month of the season. Played just, like just a lot of travel. Just tons of travel. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Well, the, 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 the schedule makers are American, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, like some seriously. Some of the teams continue to, uh, yeah. to, uh, to struggle. But uh, injuries have played a factor. I mean, we lost Marner for almost a month. Uh, Tavares was, was out. We started the season without Hyman um, and Dermott. Um, so this is really the first time now as well that we've had our full lineup intact um and, and i think that's that's uh, there's something to be said about that as well because uh babcock never had that opportunity to to have the full team uh, intact yeah. um one thing i'm waiting to see is uh Tavares, 
Marner and Matthews on a line for oh boy. just even just a period. Just to see what that just to see what that looks like. Yeah. I, just, I don't know if that keeps gonna do that anytime soon, but but that's one thing we're all waiting for in Leaf Nation. And that's that's uh, you know would be something pretty special. Hopefully not tomorrow. Yeah. My God. <laughs> Don't wait. Like that. Wait till you go to Edmonton to try that one. Yeah, go to Edmonton, try it out, give it a try. Oh, and then just one last one, maybe on the Leaf season as a whole before we jump into the game tomorrow. Sure. What 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 needs to what do you need to see? Like what needs to happen for this team to kind of turn it around fully, right? Because as of today, they're not in a playoff spot. If I'm correct on that, um, I mean they're in a pretty tough division. Even though Tampa's struggling, like I mean, my God, like that's got to be the toughest division in hockey. So, like, yeah. what, what needs to happen for the Leafs to, like, because before the season started, I was like, I think the Leafs are going to win the Cup this year. Because look at their team top to bottom. I look at Freddie Anderson. I, I, I in the offseason, really liked the Barry acquisition. So I thought you guys were really, pri- like, Tampa was primed for some regression. I thought Boston might fall off a little bit. I guess I was wrong on that one. I really thought the Leafs were in a prime spot to, like, literally win the Cup this year. So what, what, do, you, what do you think needs to happen for this team to kind of, like, really start hitting their stride? And be what I I think they're a Stanley Cup contender when they're at their on top of their game. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a great question, and it's 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 hard to say because we still don't really know what we have with this Leafs team. Right, we really don't. Um, I mean, there are there are two sides to the to the coin here. On one side, you would think to yourself, yeah, look at this team on raw on on paper. Um, they're loaded with superstars. They got one of the one of the game's best goaltenders. Uh, rough start to the year with the whole Babcock thing and injuries. Let's give them some time, um, and they'll turn things around organically. Organically, the team will just start to play better right. now that everyone's healthy and now that we have a new coach. And then on the other side of the coin, you have people saying, "Well, this is clearly not going to work. This this team that that Dubis has built, this this idea to construct um, a team based off of speed and skill and and, and analytics." This does not work. So now the question is, who do you trade to get better? And it's funny. I was I was having this conversation with a few of my friends yesterday, um, and, and and we're kind of leaning towards the the side of you know what? Maybe this team is not as good as everyone thought. We're right up against the cap. It's very very difficult to make any moves. Um, maybe at some point, I'm not going to say this is happening this year, but maybe what it's going to take to turn this team around is to is to move one of our big four guys, right. Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander, because mm-hmm. you would fetch uh, a pretty hefty ransom um, for any four of those guys. And then we started asking, well, so who would it be? I mean, it probably wouldn't be Tavares. I mean, he's your captain. It probably wouldn't be Nylander. Um, he's got a pretty good contract. Do you move Marner or Matthews? I, I don't know. I mean, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Um, but, but I think... It, what we have to see in order for this team to get to the point where everyone wants him to be is uh, the Leafs are top heavy. They're top heavy, and their top six, top two defenders, and starting goaltender Freddie Anderson have to carry the team. That that is really what it's what it's coming down to. Um, there's too many nights that guys take off. Um, it's funny sometimes. Matthews, like you don't even notice him in a game, and then the next night he's the best player on the planet, hands down. I mean, you see that too often with him, and even, even Marner as well. So the, the, the big boys have to do the heavy lifting for this team. We've got, you know, 
40% of our cap tied up in, in four guys. They got to produce, um, and you need Freddie Anderson to be Freddie. Right. It's very interesting. It's it's, it's yeah. interesting. I, I know it's probably not interesting for you guys out there, but <laughs> but it's kind of interesting to like see. It's like a case study in uh, a new kind of like way to run a hockey team. So from from afar, it's it's interesting to watch. Sorry, you got to go through so much <laughs> so much crap, but it's interesting for us to watch. So thanks for yeah, that. I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. You know, one of my uh, one of my good buddies lives uh, lives out in Calgary and. Uh, and he's he's harping on me all the time about about the state of the Leafs. So I'm uh, I'm I'm used to getting I'm used to getting drilled with questions about uh, what's going on, how to fix these guys. Yeah. Cool. So tomorrow, or I guess not. Is it tomorrow? It's tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow night. What? I'm curious if you could tell me your best guess. Maybe you have no clue because at some points in the season for us, like we don't know what team we're gonna see. Um, but how? Who do you think? What are we gonna see from the Leafs t- tomorrow night? What kind of team are we gonna play? Because uh, I can tell you right now, the Flames are rolling. We're playing our best hockey this season. Uh, we got contribution from all all over the place. Um, Zach Ronaldo has two goals in the last three games. Milan Lucic has three goals in the last four games. <laughs> yeah. Wow, look at that. Yeah. So talk about getting contributions from everywhere, right? Right. Yeah. So I I I'm, I can from my I can I don't know take a pretty safe guess. You're gonna see a pretty good Flames team tomorrow night. I think. Um, and this may be even a bigger challenge for you guys with your starts, but I think the start's going to be key because if we get rolling, we might be hard to to kind of contain or like come back from because we're we seem to be just when we get some momentum, like right now, like we're getting all the bounces. Yeah, yeah. No, the Flames are playing great. I mean, you guys were seven seven zero and one in your last eight games. Yeah, that's state. right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's listen. It's going to be a great game. I mean, there, there are certain games that, that pop up during the season, and you're like, eh, okay, yeah, that's that's so-so. But this Leafs-Flames, um, this this is a big tilt because this is two teams that um, have been underperforming for most of the year. Like you said, we've, we've both gone through this, this coaching change, and now we seem to be picking things up. So we've kind of had mirror images of our season so far, and now we're colliding. Um, in Calgary, it's going to be a fantastic battle. Um, I think it's going to be really high scoring. Um, one thing about the Leafs forwards, Matthews, Tavares, very streaky, very, very streaky. And they've been scoring the last couple games. Um, all the big boys have been putting the puck in the net. So uh, I, I think they're going to come out flying tomorrow. Um, we got a little bit of, of confidence, uh, you know, back-to-back big win in St. Louis on, on Saturday night. Um, followed up by a big, big win in Vancouver the other night, and you know when you're when you're on the road and you're winning, uh, what that does for the, the chemistry and, and the camaraderie, uh, you know, the morale of the team on the road. Leafs are Leafs are feeling good right now. I think walking into the saddle though. Cool. Well, I think you you put it in good words. It's going to be a collision of of two teams that are trending in the right direction. Apparently. Yeah. What's it like? What's it like um, with the time difference? Like. If here, out here in the West, we can we can watch so much hockey starting from five o'clock onwards. Um, but do you you stay up for all the? I mean, last night was even probably later, right? Well, yeah, those yeah, West Coast. Yeah, last ones. night last night was a battle, ten o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time. Wow. In Vancouver, yeah, you know, you know what? We only we only have to deal with a few of those throughout the year uh, in Toronto. I mean, when they travel to California, and then obviously when they're 
when they're out in uh, in, in BC. Um, personally, I don't. I like the late night games. It's it's kind of cool. It's it's different. Yeah, it's different. I mean, there's something there's something about like that. That's when the that's when the real fans uh, you know come out to play when it's. You know, when it's 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night, you got to be up at six o'clock for work tomorrow. But you're still grinding out, uh, grinding out support for the boys. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it. But to to answer your other question, I mean, how much hockey do we watch? Um, you know, past the seven o'clock games, not not a whole ton, unless it's the Leafs. At least for me personally. Yeah. All right, we got a few more for you. I've got kind of a question just about the game tomorrow. If it, obviously the big guys, Matthews, Nylander, all those guys, who's one guy who's like, if you're a casual, if you're a Flames fan and you're like a casual hockey fan, who's one guy in the Leafs who's like, who am I watching for tomorrow who I might not know to watch for? Yeah, good question. I like that. Uh, Sammy Kapanen might be the fastest player. Or sorry, Sammy. That was <laughs> I mean, Sammy was pretty fast too. Did he play for the Leafs, by the way? Did he play for the Leafs? No, he didn't. He played for the Hurricanes, I remember. He was with the Hurricanes. I think he was with Washington, maybe. Didn't Ty Domi almost kill him once? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but didn't Ty Domi almost kill everyone? I guess, yeah, that's true. It's, yeah, that's true. You know, it's a long list. Right? Um, that's a good question, though. I would. I, Kasperi Kapanen might be the fastest player in the NHL, straight line speed. Cool. Um, I'm sure Connor McDavid would have something to say about that, but... Yeah. Uh, this guy can wheel, um, especially on the uh, especially on the penalty kill. When he's out there killing penalties, extremely dangerous. Watch out for him, Sammy Kapanen, number twenty-four. Um, he's beautiful too. He's got long, luscious hair that flows <laughs> in the wind when he skates. It's really pretty. That's um, great that you say that because I I was like dying for them to get to acquire Kapanen, the Flames acquire Kapanen this summer, but it didn't happen. So. Oh yeah, you know what? I, I really like I really like him, and, and like I said earlier, he's. He's him and Dermot are the only two guys that have a little bit of fight in them that you'll see actually throwing hits and getting in guys' faces chirping. So I like Kapanen, and also keep an eye out for Zach Hyman. He is the king of scoring empty net goals. I don't think anybody <laughs> has scored more empty net goals than uh, Mr. Hyman in the last three years. He had another one a few nights ago. Um, so if your team pulls the goaltender, um, it's probably like a fifty percent chance that Zach Hyman's going to uh, going to end it. Put Okay, I'll, I'll note that down. I think yeah. probably if you want to flip the question, my guy you want to watch out for, I don't know if you know much about Rasmus Anderson. Uh, was it the second year in the league? Yep, second year. Second year in the league is a defensive end. Um, but this guy is fucking good. Really? Yeah. So, okay. um, and and he makes, he makes kind of those plays away from, you know, like standing out all the time. And he makes things look really easy. But, but keep your eye out for him. Um, you might enjoy what you see. Okay, very good. I, I tell you, one guy I will keep my eye out for. He's not a secret, but uh, I've had I've had Sean Monahan in my keeper league for the last oh, four years. Uh, um, Mr. Moneyhands. Like at this point, I feel like he's like my son. Like I, <laughs> I feel like he's a child. I mean, he was grew up in Brampton, just down the road from me here in Ontario, and uh, he's been on my team for a long time, so I, I love Sean Monaghan, and I'll be, I'll be personally rooting for him uh, on a fantasy level. Uh, he's a, he's a beauty, and just, he is underrated by a lot of Flames fans. He's, he's kind of a whip, he's not a whipping boy, but a lot of guys, I feel like maybe he's a little underrated league-wide, too, like, he's a, he's a, he can, he is streaky, so sometimes people get on for that, but I mean, 
He's one of the, he's he leads that draft class that includes McKinnon and Barkov in goal scoring. He's a great he's a really great player. So I'm a, great I'm great like, call. He's, he's, he's a goal scorer. I mean, he's, he's a pure yeah. goal scorer, right? Yeah. Well, um, and so pop I mean, quiz for you. Can you name one of his two nicknames? What is his two? I don't even know this. Yeah, you do. Oh wow! Can I name one of his two nicknames? <laughs> I have no idea. Me either. Money hands, right? Yeah, Sean Money. Okay. Sean Money hands is one of them. Okay. What's the other one? The other one is Mr. Overtime. Oh, yeah, okay. This guy scores okay. overtime okay. goals. He's got the most in franchise already. Well, yeah, he's like fifth in game winning goals, too, so. Yeah, he's clutch. All right, cool, you, cool man. You know, so, what's, you know what's sad? We don't really have any cool nicknames for any of the Leafs. Jaime? Jaime? Uh, yeah, they're kind of lame, actually. See, we, we have like a plethora. You know, the, the typical... You know, change up the last name to put an E or an IE at the end. But we don't have any good nicknames. We have some good ones. We got Freddie Goche, who is the goat. Yeah, that's good. Right. We got Johnny Hockey, Big Save Dave, Zebulon. Elias Lindholm's middle name is Zebulon, so we call him Zebulon. That is fantastic. We got some pretty awesome ones. Yeah, Young and Fresh. Geo's Young and Fresh. We're kind of of lame over here in Toronto with with our guys. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks for coming on. I think last thing... Let's let's end on this little story that you told us earlier. I was I was be, making an ass of myself, and I asked if if you had any relation to Frank Mahovlich. Why don't you just tell us that story you told us before we jumped on? Yes. So funny, Frank Mahovlich, obviously the Leafs legend. Um, as as my father tells me, when I was born on a uh, cold winter morning back in 1999, um, he was uh, taking me for a walk uh, in a in a stroller. Uh, maybe a month or two after I was born in a park near my house and it was like 7.30 in the morning uh, right around Christmas time and uh, he was all by himself in this park and Frank Mahovlich who used to live in my neighborhood walked by my dad tipped his cap and said good morning to him and uh, two month year old Frank love it that's amazing you got the Frank Mahovlich blessing <laughs> yes the, the, the blessing of the blessing of Frank uh, Frank Mahovlich it's uh, it's it's my life's greatest work (laughs) (laughs) cool man well thanks for giving us a perspective on the Leafs like it's it's always interesting to hear what actual fans think in Toronto because you do hear it on the media but um we don't we don't get a lot of good perspective out here on the Leafs so thanks for joining us um so yeah go check out Frank's podcast um he's got a he's got a really great Instagram page that I follow the Hockey Illuminati podcast is linked there as well He's got an if you're a Flames fan and you're into it he's got some really great episodes he's got an episode with Mike Camilleri which how cool was that to interview yeah, Mike. What, Mike, one of the biggest beauties on the planet. He's um, like one of my low-key favorite flames. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and he had some he had some wonderful things to say about his time in in Calgary and uh, some funny stories with with Jerome McGinley and uh, uh, Craig Conroy. That was really great. Um, I was actually very close to getting Andrew Munchapane on the podcast this summer. Cool, um, but. Because I have I have a connection to him. He's from Toronto. Yeah. Um. But he was reluctant to come on because he was a restricted free agent. Right. And just, oh you know, yeah. You know how, how the RFAs are during yeah. that time. They're kind of tight lipped. So yeah. Um. That that didn't end up uh, working out. And actually, I, I met as a future guest. Maybe keep an eye out. I met Lanny McDonald mm. three weeks ago at the Hockey Hall of Fame induction ceremony. I, I managed to to grease a couple of tickets to that and. Uh, and Lanny actually gave me his email address 
He said, send me an email, send me some info, but I haven't been able to get, I haven't been able to connect with him yet, but I'm chasing him. So, Lanny, if, if you're listening, we got to get you on the hockey room and all. Lanny, you know you're listening, Lanny. Lanny, come on. Get back to Cool, sure. that's very cool. So, sure. go, make sure to go check out Frank's podcast, guys. It's awesome. Yeah. All right, let's get, our, let's get our predictions in for tomorrow. What, what's the score going to be? <laughs> Love that. Um, I am, I'm, I'm feeling 5-4 Leafs in overtime tomorrow. In OT, okay. That nice. sounds yeah, pretty. Sure. That sounds pretty Calgary, Toronto for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, um I'm gonna. I'll go. Give you the game-winning goal scorer. I, I think. Uh, I think. I think. I think we'll probably see uh, Mitch Marner in overtime. Tomorrow. Oh, okay. Ooh, very attractive. Yeah. I'll go. I'll say. I'll say a six-four Calgary regulation victory. Sorry, man. Okay. I yeah. very. I very rarely predict victories too. So. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, a four-three win. Um, Let's call it regulation. We've been we've been much better defensively, uh, so this will be a good test to see if we can kind of suppress some of that offense. And then um, I'm gonna say Jane Kelsey gets a goal. No way! Gets a goal tomorrow. (laughs) You know what's interesting? Um, Jeff Ward actually had him on the power play last game because Matthew Kachuk was out. And um, actually, I don't even know. Might, Matthew Kachuk might yeah, not. Yeah, you might, might miss not, Kachuk tomorrow. He's hurt. He might not play tomorrow. And, and that would that would be huge because if the Leafs have to deal with any type of hitting or, or toughness or anyone in their face, they're gonna crumble. So that's that's great. Okay, advice. well, Zach Ronaldo will be out there. He's our he's our <laughs> he's our star. he's our beast right now. Yeah. yeah so is he, get, is he gonna get enough ice time to make a difference? Well, he he did so last night. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but okay. yeah, Jankowski's starting to he's starting to trend up now. Anyways, okay. cool. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Anything else you're doing, you're up to, you want to unplug while you're on here? Are you all good? Yeah, no. It's, this, this, has been, this has been great, fellas. I appreciate having you on. Um, you know, I guess just to touch on a little bit more, you know, the podcast that I do, the Hockey Illuminati, uh, find us on uh, on Instagram. Um, our pod is a little bit different. We don't we don't necessarily talk a lot of current events. We, we do more so, I would say, like Joe Rogan-style interviews with players. So, um, guests will come on, we'll shoot the shit, we'll talk about their lives, you know, kind of coming up, how they made the NHL, you know, very journalistic, kind of behind the scenes. Um, so if, if anyone's looking for um, for a different type of interview with NHL players, um, and it's not just NHL players, uh, we've interviewed uh, referees, uh, broadcasters, female Olympians, um, it's, it's pretty cool for diehard uh, hockey fans, so uh, check that out. Awesome. Very cool. Thanks, man. Yeah, I just saw you had an episode with, um, I know her name, but it's totally slipping me right now. Uh, uh, Renata, Renata Fast. Fast. Yeah, so I'm going to check that out tonight. That looks great. You know what? That was actually that was actually a great interview. She's a high-energy, bubbly personality, and uh, uh, really interesting, the rivalry with Canada and the U.S. on the women's side. Um, we talked about some of the details uh, you know, of, of what makes that rivalry so amazing. Um but yeah, that was that was a great interview, and, and and keep an eye out as well because, like I said, Lanny McDonald, he's gonna come around eventually. Cool, right on. All right, yeah. well, thanks, man. We really yeah. appreciate it. This is lots of fun.